0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Ball knocked down by Mount, picked up by Shackelford, into Alcindor, two more for the run. It's Cheryl Miller, beautiful 15-foot jumper. Hatcher wants to go base Sends it inside to Miller. Now Miller comes with a little reverse hit. What a shot by Reggie Miller. Underneath, Harold driving, reverse lay-in. That's it. Fifteen points. He's reached the 2,000 plateau. Bibby, three points. <laughs> he six Saturday. He continues to sizzle. Eddie House has it. There it is. Good time. Oh, damn. Yeah. How about Eddie Hatton. How do you like unbelievable? One points by East Bay native at the House. Here's Nate Robinson, and Robinson will get his first deal ball. and the five-nine man jams it down. standing three. Made that one look easy. Sure Here's Hannah Jump, three-point specialist, and there is Sabrina Ionescu with the rebound. She has just become the first player in Division One history with two thousand points, one thousand assists, and one thousand. By away. He it. Welcome back in to Believe in Pac-12 Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network. And man, well, we're getting closer. The weather is hot here in uh, a lot of Pac-12 country. Uh, Ahmad wouldn't know that because he was smart enough to go to the Pacific Northwest. But I'm Michael Carasino, Sun Devil alum. He's Ahmad Starks, former Oregon State guard and it is heating up campuses. Well, I know presidents would like to have people on campus. Football is obviously getting started up. Uh, the Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, mod had a press conference, was talking about that. And you know they're going to be safe. They released a football schedule. It's conference only. Um, how that affects basketball, though, is nothing's been obviously decided yet. If it'll just be all conference games this year as well, if basketball in general will follow suit because of the pandemic with COVID nineteen. So it's good to see sports there as long as like you and I have obviously echoed from the beginning, as long as it's safe, players are being tested and they're not getting put in harm's way. It doesn't look like there's gonna be fans for football at least, even though like I said, it's all it's you know all conference games only, but it looks like they're going to go with no fans. Um, California again. Everybody's kind of on different at different stages and how the virus is, you know, being contained or is it expanding? or the numbers going up like here in Arizona? But for basketball, Ahmad and I thought we would entertain you with uh, the way too early top twenty fives. And Ahmad, I can't believe it. I know every year it even seems like right after the tournament, Pete, they have. Uh, I know they have odds on the team to so win the title. That's one thing. But then people are like two days after the tournament have their preseason top 25, which I always laughed at, but at least it gives us something to talk about, my friend.
0: No, yeah, no. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, We always have the too early stuff, but it's – I think it's important to do. You know, it keeps people interested, going down the line, kind of guessing who's going to come back or who's looking good for next season. And especially now, people are looking for all sorts of excitement, you know, during this time. So I think it's uplifting, and it's interesting to see what, what people have put out um we've looked at some we've seen some newer ones that just came out you know this week um what I'm seeing but you know things things change you know things have definitely changed since that point guys coming back from the draft so it's uh it's an exciting time for college basketball just from this standpoint
1: oh absolutely and I mean with with what's going on with the NBA you're talking about entertainment That is, I know you and I have touched on a little bit that has been very entertaining my uh are partially a uh, Pac-12 homer uh, rooting for Houston Rockets and me. Uh, they uh, they beat Milwaukee. They played some defense in the fourth quarter. Where did that come from? Ahmad, I mean, James Harden had a steal on Giannis, knocking the ball away. So uh, they're, they're trash-talking and their little banter back and forth. But you're right. It is, it is entertainment, and what's going on with the NBA kind of has affected where some of these teams are because I know I had a – tweeted at you the other day. Like I said, selfishly, I was excited because Remy Martin's coming back to ASU. You have a guy like Josh Christopher. You and I touched on Alonzo Verge, who, again, coming off the bench last year, but a 20-point scorer. They look to be a scary team. UCLA as well, but man, it's a a bummer for some of these guys. I mean, you look at all the guys, and I know uh, for our our fans out there, before we started, I was talking about Ahmad being in Chicago, but his uh, his hometown, Illini, there's quite a few guys that came back that it looked like they had a pretty legitimate shot. And, you know, normally with people saying, Oh, they should spend as little time in college as possible. I guess the one thing that's kind of, and I, and I, I looked at it this way, i to maybe kind of help college basketball just for this year. And, and you and I talked before, I don't think the one and done hurts college basketball, but at the same time, like these guys coming back, this could be a very interesting college basketball season because you have some of these, you know, quite a few of these freshmen coming in and guys that might be one and done, but they're going to be battling with some dudes that should be probably at the NBA level, but because of the pandemic and, you know, the, the, with the draft in the NBA and everything being short, they made the right decision for them in my opinion. So, and they get to expand their brand even more, which is huge, but from a college basketball standpoint, and we'll get to the PAC 12 but I got to say, I mean, it looks to be a little more exciting, especially with all the names. And no, Ahmad and I don't know every single one, but just a lot of the guys that kept keeping up, that kept saying they were pulling their name out of the draft, pulling their name out of the draft. And no, uh, Washington State had a few too, or had one player as well, um, but like just all over college basketball, it, it looks to be even like a more exciting, not that it wouldn't have been exciting anyway, but it looks like it'll be a pretty, uh, pretty crazy season.
0: No, it's gonna be big time. The guys who've returned, it's been a lot of hype. Like you touched on Illinois. there has been a lot of talk around around the city right now about that situation and what they could potentially turn out to be. And it could start off the season as a top ten team and uh a favorite but for sure a contender in the Big Ten. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. A few really good NBA prospects over there. So it's just not just talking about Big Ten or Illinois, but Throughout college basketball, it's a lot of those cases, you know, guys coming back and really putting a putting their school on the map by returning. And they're gonna start off, you know, very high ranked and with a lot of with a lot of tension surrounding them. So um I think it does some it does other guys some good. And what we don't think about really is that now that a guy like uh Remy Martin is coming back, who who thought about going to the NBA, um, now that stuff like that, for example, or IO. At Illinois, it brings a lot more attention to the program. So now the scouts are still be watching them. They have to pick their game apart, which could be hit or miss for those guys. I, I know how that goes. It, it it's they're gonna be picking their game apart. So hopefully the best. The I wish the best for them during that process, um, because scouts are now gonna be looking for what's wrong. Like why shouldn't I get this guy versus why should? When I'm taking them by storm and I'm hyped up. It's it's a good thing for them, but now now i got to pick their game apart to see why should I get them after another year. Albeit, other guys who may not be on the map, so to speak, now they get a chance to be seen a little more just because they're at the games or they're watching these games, um, depending on you know, how things shape up, but they're at them or they're watching, and now you may have an opportunity to get looked at it. You may have an opportunity to you know, a, get a good job overseas, one of the two, so it's, it's plenty of opportunity to go around. And I think this helps college basketball in general. Back to your original point,
1: absolutely. And uh, Bobby Hurley was uh, speaking earlier, and he was talking about, like I said, Remy Martin, and you know a lot of the questions that we, we as the media were hurling at him was about uh, Remy Martin. But he, we touched on, you know, getting, getting the guys in, and what it does for somebody like a Josh Christopher. And he goes, well, I know a lot of you have uh, watched highlights, and you know watched maybe some of Josh's games. I mean, he, this is a guy he said that had, and, and as you know from him working with Jerome, but had two or three guys draped on him uh, constantly. You now you have a guy like Remy Martin back and you look at their their possible starting five. I mean Remy Martin, uh, Alonzo Verge. It is a bummer to lose their top rebounder in Ramella White, but Jalen Graham has uh grown. But yeah, I mean their projected starting lineup as of right now it would be Remy Martin, Alonzo Verge, Josh Christopher. So you're going with regards. You have Kamani Lawrence, who, again, was a little banged up last year. But when he's on the court, I mean, he, he's he got a smooth jump shot. And then you got Jalen Graham, who Coach Hurley said grew an inch. But what he said, what Remy Martin coming back, obviously in the hunt for being Pac-12 player of the year last year, a guy like I told you that averaged almost 20 points a game on the road. So getting it done on the road – but you have a guy like Virgic can score, and then Christopher. I mean, it might be weird for him. Yeah, I'm not saying he won't ever be double teamed, but it might be weird when uh, he's not double teamed and he's he's obviously able to contribute. So it'll be very very interesting to see. And you have a guy like Tayshawn Cherry on the bench, Marcus Bagley. We talked about coming in, Jalen House defensively, who can give those guys a spell. Yes, he can score, but we saw what his speed annoyed everybody in the pack last year defensively when he got on the court, Ahmad. So it's, but you're right. I mean, for the, for the guys that are going to be one and done for these guys that came back and like we said, all through college basketball, and especially here in the pack, it's only going to help these guys. I mean, so yeah, you're, you're right. Somebody like Remy Martin could get picked apart. Oh, he's there for, you know, four years, but you know, the pandemic, we'll see what scouts say, but yeah, the guy definitely, uh, it excites uh, Sun Devil nation. I know that. And it's um but yeah, I mean and another thing I wanted to before we start hitting on the uh, Pac-12 teams, but we talked about grad transfers, obviously. But you know, you, you get your grad transfer, you can reopen your recruiting. I mean, if you want to stay there and play, you can. But so many transfers. I mean, and even in a season like this, for me it's tough because I look at it and you're like, wow, I mean, these guys are coming in, some of them jumping into into starting role, projected starting roles per se. But I mean, what, what's your, uh, what's your take on, not even so much of the grad transfers, but I mean, it's, and I know there's a lot of, there's always transfers, but man, I mean, with the pandemic, it just seems like there's even more.
0: Uh, I think it stands out a little bit, you know, uh, pandemic is causing a lot of chaos. A lot of people thinking about where they want to be and, you know, more thoughts about that. A lot, a lot of downtime. So you're thinking about your situation and kind of different options that you may have. And, uh, I think that brings a lot of the transfer, um, a lot of the transfer and activity and it's a very interesting time. So we just have to see how these these transfers fit into these new systems. I know I've done it before, so it's uh it can be can be difficult, but then it could be also just what you need. So we just, you know, we just have to kind of wait and see. He came in-
1: Obviously, as an upperclassman, I mean, three years at Oregon State, then you transfer back to Illinois. So they're looking at you to kind of be a leader. But obviously, the team wants to win. But was there any kind of like maybe resistance from some other teammates because maybe they felt like oh, they should be in that spot that you are or something like that? I mean, when you're a transfer, I mean, how is it to how quickly can you I guess gel with a new group? Um, I would
0: say I would say it can be hard Um, because you know you have guys who they want. They want that spot as well so you're coming in uh either you know getting a spot because you're an upperclassman you're coming in competing with somebody to to get a spot when I came in there were a lot of underclassmen and so there could be some there was some of that you know a little bit in uh different but a little different because I knew those guys i um, I knew a lot of those guys just from being Chicago being a Chicago native but um there's, there's a lot of that stuff so it's competition and at the end of the day you still you still love those guys but you know, everyone Everyone wants to be good. Everyone wants to be be on the floor. Everyone wants to play. That's the, uh, at the end of the day, everybody wants to play. So it's uh, it's competition, and it just kind of comes with the territory. It's really no, I hate this guy. Some guys who I was competing with at the time every day in practice, uh, guys like Tracy Abram um, and uh, Jalen Tate, um, some Chicago guys that I know, really good friends with them. <laughs> You know, I see them all the time in Chicago. We stay really close to each other. So it's no it's no bad blood or anything like that, but it's just it's just the nature of the business and we kind of understand that even at a young age somewhat and you've got to go about your business accordingly.
1: Yeah, cuz for coaches, I mean if a transfer of your talent or they're looking at something they need to fill, yeah, they're bringing a young guy in if he he possibly could be a one and done, maybe he's not, but to get somebody that Obviously, has a handle of the college game. They gotta, they have to do what's best in their eyes for the program. So, yeah, they obviously want this young guy. But you're going to come in and, yeah. yeah, if they can challenge, you know, whoever comes in for a starting spot, like get what you're saying. Good for them. But if not, yeah, I mean, it's you know, get to work, roll your sleeves up, and pay attention because uh, you obviously know what you're doing. Um, but let's look at the pack. I mean, last year, Oregon, again, the men on the men's side, and we, and I keep, repeat, I, I have gotten a few, a few tweets saying so, yeah, they understand we talked about like men men and women we will talk women's don't worry I have we have that all under control but and believe me we have a lot of time so we're not we're not worried about it but um but oregon on the men's side they were they finished uh, first in the pac-12 and then it went ucla usc arizona state colorado arizona stanford cal utah oregon state washington state and washington so those are the standings headed into the Pac-12 tournament, which of course, unfortunately, we did not get to have. We're going to look at some of the crazy early rankings. So John Rothstein, who, again, just trying to find whatever I could on line. And I mean, Rothstein had his up um, on CBS and he's an insider for CBS. And he really, uh, you know, like I said, I think did a great, great job with it because you look at where he has, I mean, Pac-12 teams alone, he had UCLA first. And again, they had that late season uh, victory in LA. It was a tough LA trip for ASU because they had a chance to really maybe go to the second in the conference at the time, but UCLA was a solid team. Uh, He has them at 12. He has ASU at 14. He has Oregon at 22, Stanford at 28, and then Arizona at 38. And you know, again, Arizona did lose a lot. They brought they're bringing in a lot of guys from overseas, which is I'm understanding now. I don't think they're here yet. I know teams are working on players that they have uh, coming over, so that'll be interesting to see what again how that affects Arizona and again what they can uh, what they can do. And then real quick, NBC Sports—they're way too early. They had ASU at 23; it was only Pac-12 school in the top 25, but they had UCLA at 26. And Oregon at 27, and then CBS Sports thinks Oregon, even though again they lost a little bit of talent, among CBS Sports has them at 20, UCLA at 22, and ASU just outside, right at there, right there at 26. So that's, I mean, it's good for the pack, and it'll be to me the interesting thing is how does Colorado respond? Again, we said Arizona, Stanford, Cal, and Utah, and most of the, uh, the pack schools, and I'm not going to say again they played the toughest, but we Can get into that in another show about other conferences playing some, uh, some just complete cupcakes at a conference, but at a conference, though, overall, the pack did very good. I mean, Oregon State was 18 and 13 overall, uh, Washington State was at 500, they were 16 and 16, which I you know okay isn't the best, but still, and then you have Washington. It was at 15 and 17, but they were five. Washington, UW was five and 13 in conference. Washington State was six and 12. Oregon State, Utah, and Cal were all seven and 11. But then Stanford was nine and nine. So after Stanford, everybody was above 500 in conference, but you had one, two, three, four, five, six 20 win teams in the conference. Again, we talked about you know guard play in our top five guards. And man, I had, a, I had to take a rest after that. Man, that was stressful, Amon. That was stressful. But you look at five, like I said, five twenty-win teams, six twenty-win teams. So half the conference won over twenty games. So at a conference-wise, again, they're getting their wins. I get it. I I understand. And again, sometimes yes, we get everybody gets it in all sports, and it's frustrating to a lot of who they're playing. But when you, but as we focus back on this, Ahmad. So Oregon, UCLA, USC, ASU, Colorado, Arizona. Now. UCLA and ASU have a lot coming back. UCLA, or Oregon lost a little bit, but again, Dana Altman, with what they have coming in, looks to be pretty good. I know it's early, but of those, of those top six, seven, I should say, with Arizona, so Arizona, Colorado, ASU, USC, UCLA, and Oregon, do you think that four or five of those teams with what you – again, you don't know a ton, but quite a bit coming back. Arizona lost a little bit, but with what they have coming in, that it would be it wouldn't be out of the realm for five of those teams to maybe make the tournament if not six.
0: I would say uh I'm looking at like like four or five.
1: Now, let me ask you this real quick too. I probably should have started this way, but either way, if it is like football to where and granted we do have a few more months, but if with the pandemic and everything, you know, has slowed down a little bit, but they still wanna take precaution for this season. So they say you can play, it's just conference games only. And if you play, you can play any out of conference games with say another team in your state. So I mean, California, obviously that wouldn't be a problem in the area for USC, UCLA. Um, For ASU and U of A, it obviously wouldn't be too much of a problem because you have Grand Canyon, you also have NAU that are division one schools. They have footballers doing it. The SEC hasn't come to a decision, uh, a full decision, but they wanted to play 10 10 conference games, and they were saying you could play one at a conference game was proposed that I saw, but it had to be in your state. Like you're not leaving the state to play an at-a-conference game. No fans. Yeah, no fans. I don't know if basketball would follow suit. And, again, we have a few months. But to that point, though, if it's just – if it's just conference play, how do you think that then affects teams going into the tournament? Because you'd have conference play, and I guess for more TV, you'd probably have a conference tournament, which at that point could be almost a little moot, I guess. But if it was just conference play, and how, in your eyes, how would that affect the tournament? Like teams selected to the tournament? And, because again, a lot, of the, a lot of times pushing teams into the tournament is what they did at a conference.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's tough, I think it could hurt teams, but it could also help teams just and it just depends on your situation because if your conference is technically like the top teams are winning in the conference, and then you win against a top team, that looks good that's a That's a key win for you as far as how they do the tournament. That's a key win for you, so I just think it goes hand in hand. Those top teams need to do well, and you can't lose to the bottom teams, whoever they are, even if Oregon is rejected to be a top 25 team or, or close to, but let's say if they, if they're not doing well, you cannot lose to Oregon. You know what I'm saying? It's just that simple. So it just kind of depends on how that's going at the time. Um, but though, no, a lot of teams do capitalize on those non-conference wins, whether they be bad teams, not necessarily bad teams, but not, not so, you know, not so highly level ranked teams or something like that. They get decent wins on the road or at home that you pack up wins but also those big, non- those big non-conference games. When Arizona goes to, I don't know, to, that they were to go to Allen Fieldhouse and win, you know what I mean? That's huge. That's a huge resume builder. And now you don't have that opportunity, let alone the experience with the opportunity for you to win. Um, it's tough. So I understand, but it will be tough. Real quick on the football stint, I think it's going to be very interesting with, for football with no fans, more so than basketball. I feel like football has feed off that energy. Those hard hits, the crowd, um, just the energy from that. Football thrives off of that. I think, so. I think just like basketball, but even more so with football, you're going to see who's really tough and who's really not. Uh, you know, who's playing, who feeds off that crowd, and who's just naturally tough, and who's just going to get the job done versus what it looks like to the stands and that energy that feel from the crowd, you know, your girlfriends watching your family, you know, stuff, whatever that may be. All the, you know, the guy the the women or the other part people throwing the party after the game, you know, they're there. So we're gonna see who's really tough and who's not. Um on, on basketball and football. So I'm talk I like talking about that with the NBA as well. So you just depend.
1: Well I was gonna piggyback off your point too and say at least for college basketball wise they have a blueprint from the NBA because yeah I'm not saying you have to put the you know the the fans in electronically and I mean that that's that but they're pumping the music and they're pumping noise and they're they, you know so it's still kind of yeah it's not the same like you like you say like a big hit but like a big dunk or a huge three or you know somebody uh puts up that last second shot like Devin Booker did against the Clippers yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. No, but that being said, just like pumping in the music and pumping in certain things. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, if they can also take from from NHL. I mean, uh, I miss not having fans watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, Ahmad, but I will say like, and it would be a bummer not to be able to go to any men's hoops games this year (laughs) Um, it looks like it might be heading down that road just because again it starts in November with you know fall semester stuff so that'll be a bummer but at the same time man Ahmad it's one of those things where you see what the NHL is doing pumping in the teams like the home teams like music and you know when they score and things so it's been cool and hats off to NBA NHL too because these guys can see it too is They've definitely brought it. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, and I've heard different broadcasters for both NBA and NHL talk about, well, you're playing in junior tournaments. Like you said, you're not playing in front of a ton of people. You know, you could be AAU. I mean, yeah, some summer packed, but when it's constantly all summer, basically there could be like, you know, 20 people in there. Or, you know, maybe you're playing with literally like just coaches and players because of where one rink is or one court or something like that. So, yes, it's been a while since they've done that but none of the guys to me in either sport and the WNBA as well too you're not going to take them out of the equation but they definitely brought it so hopefully at least within the Pac-12 I mean in, in college basketball they see that and they're kind of you know pumping it in and you know some crowd noise and stuff like that and we'll we'll see where it goes but yeah I'm with you on that because it is definitely you're right like you said I mean you hit a big 3 the crowds behind you the next time maybe you're not you're not forcing it but As a guard or as a shooter, you're not maybe as open as you would. The guy's right there, but the crowd's got you. You just kind of elevate a little bit more and you sink that shot. So you've dealt with it. You know it. So that'll be very, again, it'll be a bummer, but it's all about safety. So, and to your point, I mean, to our, both of our points, would you rather have sports and not be able to go or wait till everybody can be able to go and not have it for that long of a time would drive everybody, I think completely insane.
0: Yeah, it could. So I think, uh, I think it's worth a try if people are able to be safe um and so we'll just see how it plays out they have a blueprint like from the nba so um, we're looking forward to just seeing how things go um i know i know it's be tougher for kids versus adults so the college athletes will have a tougher time with it um but you know but well, uh this is the way the world is so i wish i wish them all the best with it
1: yeah i know absolutely all right let's look at okay so I know pretty much ASU Slay, Oregon have all been in the ranks. I mean, when we look at Oregon, last year's, obviously they won the regular season title. And definitely I know we're on that, uh, you know, even on the East Coast shortlist, which was impressive of teams that could, teams that could win the tournament, just the way they're playing uh, with what they had. I mean, they did lose Peyton Pritchers, Anthony Mathis and Shakur G-Stone. Um, but look, their projected starting five would be uh, Will Richardson, Chris uh, Duarte, Amari Hardy, Eugene Amorui, and Nafali uh, Dante. And what Dana Altman has done, I mean, they 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 have no sit out transfers. They have, like I said, their key newcomers: Jalen Terry, uh, Eric Williams transferred from Duquesne; Eugene Um Rui passed transferred from Rutgers, and um, Amari Hardy transferred from UNLV and those are all their, those are their newcomers but with Dana Altman not, I mean, what they've built up there in the last few years, like I said it's early but what do you think that they can uh, keep that up, stay in the top 25 and maybe kind of maybe win the regular season Pac-12 title again?
0: I think it's going to be a little tougher for them uh, but I think it's possible I mean the Pac is going to be pretty tough but I think uh, I think they'll be in the running. and You know, anything can happen. You squeeze a few wins here or there. You never know. So I think he's uh, he obviously he's done a great job up there. We talked about that in our coaching segment, and um, I think they they can they can make a run to be at the top. I actually I actually really like Arizona State right now, um, but I think Oregon will be. There won't be an easy out, regardless. But they'll be close to the top of the pack. So you you just never know when you're when you're up there. You just never know what can happen.
1: What about Mick Cronin and UCLA? I mean, it was was a heck of a season, the second half of the season, because the first half of the season – well, I should say the conference play. I won't say the full season. But conference play, UCLA was still kind of – they were up, they were down, they were struggling. But then, man, Tiger Campbell. (laughs) Again, not another – you see the guy, and you know he can ball him on, but not a big guard, smaller guy. And you see Tiger Campbell, what he did – He's back. Um, you have, I mean, their key losses. They lost uh, uh, Prince Ali and they lost uh, Alex Olsinski. and I mean, they have the transfer that's projected to be in the starting lineup, uh, Johnny Juzang. and so I mean, he's he's a big newcomer, projected to be in the starting lineup. But yeah, what McCronin did, I mean, especially in conference play, because like you said, the first half of conference play, they were right there, they're hanging on, and they go on like a they go on like a nine-game win streak. <laughs> which ASU unfortunately was one of those games because they hit a last second, they hit a buzzer beater in Poly. Uh, I'm not still bitter as you can tell, but they hit a buzzer beater in Poly Mod to, uh, to beat ASU. But yeah, they had won like nine or 10 straight. And at that time, that, that was for um, basically first place in the conference. And Oregon was right there too, but they were both within striking distance because there was a few games left in the regular season. But Man, I mean, what Tiger Campbell did, what Mick Cronin did that second half of the season. Let me ask you that. I mean, yes, I understand it's an offseason. There was no tournament. But how big is that, especially for the younger guys that are coming back to go on that win streak, head into the Pac-12 tournament, even though they get to play, but with a lot of confidence, how much can they build on that with those guys coming back for UCLA? How big will that be for them?
0: They can build on that big time. I mean, it's up to them to try to keep it going. You know, you could say that some people could say that it was a fluke. I'm not calling it that, but I'm saying some people could say that. So it's up to you. It's up to those guys to kind of not have that slow start. If they're capable of winning games like that in conference, in a a big-time conference against big-time teams and players, if they're capable of doing that, they want to have a better start to the season. That way you don't need a nine-game winning streak because that won't happen again. That probably won't happen again. That's huge. If you can get nine games in your conference in a row, that's unbelievable. So – um, you can probably get three, four, five maybe if you're doing really well. So um, they, want to, they need to have a way better start and then they could be, you know, stay in that top 25 and make a, and make a run later. But that's, that's big if they can feed it, take um, it back off what they did last season.
1: Yeah, because the crazy thing about that, I think UCLA had won nine in a row coming into that game and then ASU had actually won seven in a row. <laughs> So something had to give that night, and it was a buzzer beater, like I said, by UCLA. And you're right, to rack up, especially in the conference, I know – and I get just so sick and tired of hearing, especially the last two seasons, like, oh, well, the Pac-12 will only have one team or two teams. I started looking at teams with similar records in other conferences and that were guys saying, you know, protagonists saying they're in the tournament. And I look at a conference, I looked at what the pack played and I'm like, really? And you're going to say in conference and they have, they, they don't even, they barely have, a, they have a 500 record in conference or, or one game under, and you're going to put them above a pack. I just get so tired of hearing, oh, this and that, because like we said, I mean, the guard play, and I know some schools have gotten the one and dones. And a lot of times, again, I'm not saying these programs aren't good, but like, San Diego State. I mean, the whole time they were undefeated last year. No, it's not Pac-12, but West Coast. And they get to number one finally, and then they had dropped a game, and they dropped like six, seven spots. I'm like, you know, the funny thing is, if that was any one of those other teams above them, if it would have been Duke or Kansas, they would have dropped two spots. I mean, that's what frustrates me. But I I, I just say, hey, let the the tournament do the talk. And, yes, if you can get more teams in there. But, yeah, I mean, for UCLA, for Mick Cronin, though, kind of went on a tangent there, I – Unfortunately, I like what I see. I think they're right there. Um, I think that those, But you're right, between ASU, again, with Remy Martin coming back, if Remy Martin didn't come back, I would still say ASU, with what they had, is definitely a team that could be, cause a lot of headaches in the Pac-12 and be in the upper half. Um, Arizona, like I said, Nico Mannion decided not to come back. He's staying with the NBA thing, which surprises me a little bit. Not that because I don't think he has the talent amount. just like I said, when we we're in the beginning when we we're talking about guys coming back is because the NBA with them being in the bubble and then then you don't know after you get out of that how you're gonna be able to work out for teams. The draft is set for like the in like two weeks afterwards, so it's it's you can see why guys came back and more so again maybe not going overseas too because a lot of people can't travel over there, so it's 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 tough to uh, do that right now. As I mean with your training, as you know uh, the Players that you're training and you understand that, but yeah, for for ASU and UCLA, I mean, those are the two teams that. How do they react now? Because you're not going to be the team that sneaks up on anybody. Whatever people need for, like we say, bulletin board material, other coaches, other uh, teams in the conference. See, you're not sneaking up on them now because now you're in these top 25 lists. How different of it. I know you said earlier and a lot of things, you're like, you just gotta you just go out there and play. I mean, like you said, the crowd or whatever, but you hit that first shot and, you know, the jump ball, you, the first action, it's just basketball. But when you're the hunted, how much different does it make it? How much different will it make it for ASU and UCLA who haven't really been the hunted the last few seasons? They've had talent, but they've been doing the hunting. It's tough.
0: Um, you've got to adjust to that. Um, you're getting everybody's best game. You know, nobody's like in their head mentally lacking off of you. Now, everybody's up for you. Everybody's excited. Everybody's knocking at your door, trying to give you a message. You can't slack off. Not only do you want to or can slack off in a big time conference like this, but now you're getting heavy. You're getting, you know, everybody's trying to be down your door. Everybody's trying to have a good, their best game against you as a team and individually. You got to be on your P's and Q's 24 7. And uh I don't think they need to be ready for that. I don't think they're. They're good enough to be – to last if they're not prepared for that. Um, you know, some teams can withstand that like a Kansas. You already know they're going to get everyone's best out of it. But they're so good they can, they can take a few hits and like, oh, we'll come back in a second. Um, you know, certain sometimes. Sometimes it's not that easy all the time, but certain teams can do that. I don't think Arizona State is that good to do that yet. So they just need to be prepared because they haven't been in that position before not to say that they're not good and can't do it but they should just they need to be prepared so that they can withstand all that and still and be successful like they want to be.
1: Well, I think it's funny you mention uh Kansas cuz Remy Martin as a freshman went and dropped 22 in uh at Kansas and they won that game on the road then the next year as a sophomore they're down it's close but they're down a little bit and they make a huge run here In Tempe, mod and they beat Kansas again. So, I I mean, Bobby Hurley hasn't backed down to playing anybody, and he's always trying to get games. I mean, like Romello White playing back at home against Georgia when he was here was huge for Romello. Um, And, I mean, Romello now transferred. Whether he thought he was going to lose time, he definitely wouldn't have lost time. He would have been in the starting lineup. But um, now he transferred to, yeah, Ole Miss. Romello White did transfer to Ole Miss um but yeah they are the hunted the one thing i will say and again he's not on the court making plays he's he's as intense as a coach and i know sometimes it drives some people a little crazy but he lobbies for his guys bobby hurley and it's funny because we, we've always asked him, you know in recruiting have you ever told you know guys ever like get a little starstruck by you and he's like yeah they're young enough and he's like their parents have to tell him to youtube me and see what i did and I like he'll get a good laugh out of it and stuff like that but no but you're right i mean he talked we all coaches do talk about that because, like you said, I mean, you know, you say Kansas, but you think a conference, I mean, for the longest time, like obviously Arizona was going to get everybody's best. You plan you know Arizona was going to get everybody's best. Stanford, when they were up top, and Mike Montgomery was there, same thing. Um, you know, UCLA, I know Steve Lavin still, I mean, had those teams, and then Ben Hallin still had, and you mentioned Ben Hallen too. I know coaching-wise sometimes he gets overlooked, but he had some solid teams there. And UCLA, Arizona, they're always – I mean, it's just, you know, all those years of you know that everybody wants to beat you. That's why the first half of, you know, like, oh, they should be blowing – like you said, I mean, you and Jerome even said it. Like, you, Arizona's playing a team. They could be playing, um, you know, say, Washington State, who's won, you know, four games but in the, in the conference. But for some reason, in the first half, it's like a two-point game because that's Washington State season right there. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's insane – but yeah, we'll. I mean, again, I think as a coach, he's prepared, but he can't be out on the court with him. But that's another huge thing. It's just like UCLA getting Tiger Campbell back. I mean, another year now. He's going to be a sophomore at least, getting to go through conference play. Oregon. I mean, again, like you said, what Dana Altman did. Colorado to me is the wild card, though. Colorado definitely is the wild card. We'll see what um what they can do. But yeah, I mean, I definitely. I mean, from from these preseason rankings, if it were to play out and they were to be competitive, like you said, and they all finish in you know, the top five of the, of the conference and at least win one game in the tournament, Pac-12 tournament, um, which will be interesting to see how that will be played. Um, But that being said, I, I, I think that ASU, UCLA, and Oregon definitely have that, that shot to, uh, you know, not have to worry about being on a bubble. Again, they have to take care of business, but just going off of word, looking at some of these early rankings, I would say that they definitely have a tournament wise. And then of course, Arizona, Sean Miller, again, I'm not going to sit there and say they can't and Stanford too, with how they turned it around. So we'll, we'll see. And I, I think Colorado definitely could be added to that mix too, because like you said, I mean, when, the way they play at home, but man, I mean just their, their guard play over the last few seasons and uh, defensively, I just, I just, I love what Colorado's doing.
0: No, they can be scary. And like you said, mention that home court advantage is key. So it's always tough to win up there. So, I mean, we had nine conference games up there. So they can capitalize on most, on a good amount of those. And, and then, you know, still some on the road. Now you're, now you're in the mix for making the tournament. So it's, uh, they have a good advantage with that so that you never know. So you can't just count them out completely.
1: No, absolutely not. Yeah, for Tad Boyle from uh, Colorado, like I said, he, um, man – 210 and 134 in his time at Colorado, so he's he's gotten it done. Like, and you even talked about it in the beginning, we were talking about the intro and the coaches. Like each year that they have definitely, again, adapted to the conference when they came over. But man, I mean, I just the, to me that's a scare. That's a scary team uh, right there. But again, as much as it does pain me, as you know, I will never obviously count Arizona out of of anything because Sean Miller. You know, people, everybody can be an armchair coach and rip on his exes and O's But man, it'll it'll be interesting. But a lot of transfers, a lot of uh, talented freshmen. I mean, all throughout the conference coming in, guys that uh, again decided to stay. It'll be a it'll it'll be it'll be a very very. I think it'll be a great season. I do hope that they do get to play out of conference games because I know BYU. Uh, was supposed to come here and they were playing over at uh, at the Talking Stick Arena, which is the Suns Arena. The the ASU the last few years under Bobby Hurley, they've played a few games over there. So getting to play in the NBA Stadium, a little bit bigger crowd, it's been it's been pretty awesome. So they um they got crushed last year. Lonzo Verge scored 43 points and they got beat. They still got beat by like 30. It was bad. It, Bobby, you should after that game, I would not want that to have been in that locker room. But they were going to play BYU there this season. I know that that was announced. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know that, um, Oh, I don't know if it was Oregon. I know Arizona. I want to say Arizona had a game with maybe Virginia. I'd have to look. I know they had, because there was, there was like two, well, they had a few, there was two big at of conference games. I don't know if it was, um, Virginia or Villanova, but Arizona was, I saw that and I was like, wow. So I, again, I hope that there is definitely at a conference play, but if not, even if there is conference play to that, I still think there's at, least four, there's at least four teams definitely that go to the tournament, if not five.
0: I think you're right on with that number, four to five. Um, I think that's a good look. This conference looking heavy. I'm excited to, you know, to hopefully have a season. I'm excited to check everything out. Um, college basketball in general should be big time. I'll be looking at both conferences that I played in, Big Ten, and, of course, the Pac-12, keeping up to date and we'll just we'll see how it goes Mike I mean I'm looking forward to
1: it. no it it it's it it is very exciting I'm with you on that because I it's like the old uh, the good old Janet Jackson you don't know what you got till it's gone and then sports is gone for a while and we're watching replays and and then I know we talked about it in the beginning because the last dance had just wrapped up when we started this Ahmad but you see something like the last dance and if that doesn't get your blood going, then you don't obviously have a pulse because it's like, Oh man, I just, it's like, I want to go back and now just watch those games, at least watch something. And, you know, like I said, sports has come back. We definitely want college hoops back and uh pack 12 hoops as well. But um, I would, I, I, I look forward to it. I do look forward to it. How's uh before we, before we wrap up though, but the, uh, the training, uh, any news on when some of your guys are going to get to go overseas? Have they gotten any news on that?
0: Yeah. um, Well, all of them have flights, or all of them have a time frame. But uh, a guy that I wasn't training, I know he just left for Italy like this week, and he's over there now. He just left, I believe. I believe everyone when they go, they have to quarantine for 14 days, and so. But some of the guys, some of the guys I'm training, uh, they're back in tomorrow. They are going to Sam Thompson is going to Italy. So as of right now, his flight will be. Who played at Ohio State? He. to his flight, maybe in about a week or two, about a week or two he's supposed to go, but things are happening. Guy, Leron Black, I played with Illinois. He's supposed to go to Mexico August twenty fifth. Um, so things are they're still on point. And Wayne Black is supposed to go to Portland. I mean, Poland Friday. So you know things are they're all right there. They're still happening. Um, another guy was supposed to go to Japan on August first, but they pushed it back. So it's just kind of. The world is weird, and, you know, we're just uh, just trying to wait to see if they're going to – if the team's going to follow up with their flight or if they're, they're dealing with the, the consulate over there, you know, in their respective countries and seeing how they can make it
1: work. But I think, you know, for work purposes, I think they'll be allowed to. That's awesome. And what about the younger kids? I mean, I know for high schools out there, what – have they kind of put a thought on – start of the season because I know in Arizona some have been pushed back but what about the high school kids you're training
0: um so seasons start they're you know they're itching um they're itching and uh I've been doing my best to you know keep small groups I like that that's, that's my style of training anyway I don't like huge groups but uh let's keep small groups of players 2 3 max 4 and but they they're hungry they are supposedly Chicago Public Schools is going to start the season late November and get two practice supposedly it's going to be two weeks of contact practices I assume um two weeks of official practice probably contact allowed and then playing games so but I think that's it that's supposed to be you know on the mark for now I'm sure they'll be allowed to at some point before then have some type of workouts that you can't expect people to just be killing in two weeks, here we go. Um, but I'm assuming there'll be some type of workouts. But as of right now, it's all, I just heard that's all virtual um, schooling, for Chicago Public Schools. So at least for the first few months, for sure, I believe it's all online. And then we'll have to see until November. So we'll just have to see if that gets pushed back, which, you know, so we know things have been getting pushed back and changed all the time so we'll just have to see what happens.
1: It's interesting because you bring up a great point there especially for kids wanting to obviously the high school kids but it's online but if you have sports at least you can slowly integrate people onto campus and you're controlling you know that there, there are they are being uh, tested get temperatures testing all that stuff but at least you are bring athletes back and then get these kids obviously back to campus again, safe. There's no need to rush it like we're saying, but yeah, man, as, as an athlete, I know I'd be going absolutely insane uh, waiting for it. So, well, it'll be an interesting PAC 12 season. Um, If I have to, I will wrap it on this Ahmad. I'll say, I'll take ASU out because of course I would pick them. If I had a pick other than ASU to win the regular season, I would go with UCLA. What about you? I'm going with ASU. See, I am too. But I just said uh, to be a homer and everybody, some of my friends do tease me on Twitter. They're like, oh, could you be any more of a homer? I'm like, I'm just, I'm calling it like I see it. I mean, the fact that they finished above Arizona in the standings last year, just let me have my moment. That's all I have to say. Because my U of A friends never wanted to do that. So that being said, but no, it's, it'll it'll be fun, man. I'm I'm stoked. I, I just, again, I think top to bottom, Like I said, I think this conference is, you know, top three. And talent-wise, definitely, I'd say, like, top three. And, you know, people can split hairs and stuff like that. But the coaching that we talked about in the beginning from all the coaches that have been in, I know, like, Kyle Smith just came in last year along with uh, Mick Cronin at UCLA and Mark Fox at Cal. But, I mean, Sean Miller, uh, Tad Boyle, Dana Altman, kind of the elder statesman, Andy Enfield at USC's. turn it around. I mean, like you had mentioned, they were in trouble. So I'm stoked. I love how you picked ASU. We'll see what happens. They got to play the games. And you're right. They got to be ready to have that target on their back. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, Mod and I are going to get out of here. Don't forget, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, whether it's uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to Believe in Pac-12 Basketball, Hit a mod up on Twitter at aStarks3. If you want some training, you're in the area. Definitely hit them up. But also send us some questions. What do you think of our season predictions? What could happen? Obviously, it's very early, and it's fun to kind of laugh at the early preseason rankings. But you know what? We'll we'll, uh, we'll be victim to it. So hit a mod up on Twitter at aStarks3. I'm at Diablos00. Uh, zero, zero. Again, any questions, any suggestions, anybody you'd like to hear? Come on, we'll try to get them on. There's a ton of Pac-12 people we have dealer's out too so we'll see what happens there but yes subscribe to the show here on the Believe podcast network and you can get this every week so for the very talented i stars i'm michael Carithero. we're gonna get out of here we'll see everybody next week